0: Welcome to the Pathways Senior Care Advisors Coffee and Conversation Podcast. We are a team of senior care planning professionals who partner with individuals and their families who are considering senior care living options. At Pathways, it is our mission to provide guidance to high-quality senior care that results in a safe and happy life for our clients. The goal of this podcast is to provide our clients and potential clients with relative information and interviews with subject matter experts focused on issues key to preparing for senior living. We hope you enjoy this episode of Coffee and Conversation.
1: I am Stacy Carter. I'm the, one of the managing partners for Pathway Senior Care Advisors. And each week we are doing a different topic with a different speaker, so that we can help you discover the best pathway now for your future years. And um, Mary Corron and I started Pathway Senior Care Advisors a little bit over three years ago when we notice the huge need in our communities for advice with caregiving and with senior care in general and what we have found out is that most people wait until they have a crisis situation and then they panic and then they they don't make a lot of good decisions because they're in. Panic mode. With with that being said, we have built a tremendous network over the last three years of professionals that help us guide you through that process. And Mary, if you want to talk a little bit about that and introduce our speaker today, that'd be great.
2: Thank you, Stacy. Good morning, everybody. Um, uh, it, this is a, a really important piece of this. Um, we hope that over the last five sessions that everybody has learned that uh assisted living um is private pay as is in-home care so um it becomes a challenge to people who thought for all along that medicare would pay for their care when in fact it Mm -hmm. doesn't or it pays pays for a very small portion of it so uh, we're really happy this morning to have with us uh, john dodson with kentucky elder law Kentucky Elder Law has offices in Louisville and in Bowling Green. And obviously, by their name says it all, they are Kentucky Elder Law. They specialize in all the issues that seniors face. Uh, so today, John, um, let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, uh, what, what can be accessed or what resources there are to help pay for assisted living? I mean, if you don't have a long-term care policy, you you've got to pay for it somehow so what other resources yeah. might be available to people
3: well mary mary that's a, a very good question and, and and but let's talk about one of the things you said which is really a great idea for things uh people to consider especially when they're younger so if if you have uh, an 80 year old mom that you're considering how do you take care of them but you're the 55 year old daughter the fifty-five-year-old daughter might consider exactly what you just said, which is look at long-term care insurance for herself, for her and her husband, uh, that that kind of thing. Um, we, we, I, I don't sell insurance. I'm not an insurance person, but uh, we we have found in the in the years of our practice, which our firm is uh, soon to be twenty years old, doing just elder law, which. We we had somebody talk to us the other day that they found that fascinating. That this is all we do. We don't dabble in social security, and we don't do it a little this or do a little that. This is what we do every day, and um, and what we've done every day for the last twenty years. Uh, our firm, um, but having long-term care insurance can can help keep people out of the nursing home. So uh, again, and, and you may even have somebody that's going to come talk or has talked about long-term care insurance, but I am a, I'm a fan uh, of long-term care insurance. Um, we, we have used it for our clients uh, to uh, get them uh, non-medical in-home care uh, and also uh, to pay for assisted living. Personal care, memory care, so that it, it is that's that's a, a great topic in and of itself, um, and and I am uh, for your listeners. Uh, I'm a fan of long term care insurance. Um, when a person thinks about long term care insurance, you you want to know about how much it pays per day, what it will pay for, and how long it will pay. Uh, so uh, those are important topics, uh, but uh that um, that is that is a great uh resource for people um and um uh, i'm a i'm a a fan i'm a fan even though i don't sell it i I, i'm a fan of of uh we're we're happy to see it when people have it um if it if it pays enough per day to at least uh help take care of it so um but what we're talking about. uh, when you have uh, a, a client or a person or a friend or a family member um, who are considering uh, care options. And so the, the the decision has kind of been made, at least in, in the context of this question, is uh, we need to move to a community. Uh, uh, trying to stay at home is not a viable option at this point. So uh, we're kind of beyond that analysis and we're looking at at a community for assisted living, personal care, memory care. So um, those, as as Mary said, uh, are are going to be uh, private pay arrangements. So private pay means the resident or the resident's family is going to be paying for the care. Uh, However, as part of the uh, revenue stream that can be used to pay for that care you may have social security you may have pension you may have both so we look at those first how how, how do those compare uh to the cost of care and and, and um uh, i i perhaps i should have said just a little bit about our law firm we are kentucky elder law um and um our office over on Lehman Avenue near, we were just talking about before we got started about a lunch at Nova Dolce. So we're right across the street from Nova Dolce restaurant. Um, this is what we do. We try to figure out where, how much income we have, how many resources we have, and and what is going to be the cost of the care for the person who needs the care so as care needs increase as you might expect care costs go up Uh, so one of the the beautiful things about the Bowling Green Warren County area is there are a number of of communities from which to choose to get um, assisted living personal care and it gives uh, uh, residents or potential residents and their families uh, uh, plenty of options to look at and then of course pathways has been a great guide for uh looking at those because you you all have have been very experienced in this area so um what we're trying to do then uh, back kind of to where i started on this is look at how we're going to afford to pay for care without burning through what a family has saved over a lifetime of of working uh and and uh, we want to be able to try to get the care the person needs while saving as much of the money as we can. So that's really what John Dodson, Kentucky Elder Law do every day is we try to help people get the care they need while protecting as much of the money as we can. So one of the things we do uh, uh, for families uh, in the context of assisted living, personal care, memory care is we consider whether the Veterans Administration has a benefit that might be available to the resident. So uh, that has been a big help to families, a huge help, uh, because again, uh, let's say you move into a community and and the care costs are $3,950 a month, okay? And you have um, $1,800 a month coming in from Social Security and pension. All right. A pretty common scenario. That's that's not an unusual situation for somebody to have uh, eighteen hundred, two thousand dollars, or sometimes more, uh, retirement income. So, um, and, and um, not necessarily that this would apply to any of our uh, listeners at some point, but retired educators uh, get a, get a pension. And uh, so oftentimes if we have a retired educator, it's not unusual to see three or $4,000 a month uh, income. So the beauty of that is your income is often enough if we get these other benefits to pay for your long-term care so that you save your nest egg to pass along to your children and your grandchildren. So uh, which is often a very important concept for people. So uh, the, the, the Veterans uh, Administration benefit that I'm talking about that some people uh, have heard about is the Veterans Pension with Aid and Attendance. Some people call it Aid and Assistance. Uh, the, 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 the technical name is Veterans Pension Benefits with Aid and Attendance. And what that is, is for a veteran or the surviving spouse of a wartime veteran, uh, who need um, some type of uh, assistance with activities of daily living. And, and activities of daily living as most of us uh, think about are getting uh, dressed, uh, bathing, toileting themselves, transferring, which is basically getting, getting out of bed, getting out of a chair. And if you need assistance with those activities of daily living, you're gonna meet the care component of the uh, uh, veteran's pension benefit. But perhaps the most important concept people need to understand about this is it's tax-free money that goes directly to the uh, applicant. So uh, the 2020, and of course we're, we're uh, recording this uh, in, in, in the, the late summer of 2020, The 2020 veterans pension benefit amount maximums are currently $1,912 per month for the veteran. Uh, If a veteran is married, it's $2,266 per month. And then a surviving spouse of a wartime veteran can qualify for up to $1,230 per month. So using the veteran scenario, If they have $1,800 a month, Social Security and pension, and or pension, and they get $1,900 a month from the VA, that's going to be $3,700 per month. If the cost of their care is $3,750, you're almost at a wash. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely beautiful. And um, it can really, this benefit can help people afford the care they need for a long time. I mean, if you're only short fifty dollars a month, if you've got fifty thousand dollars in the bank, I mean, you could you could live in that community for a long time, hundred months or more. So, uh, you you uh, it really this benefit has helped countless people afford their long-term care. Now. There are wartime periods and, and um, uh, probably when 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 this information goes out, um, people will know how to reach pathways, uh, uh, of course, Mary and Stacy, um, but uh, they can uh, reach out to me, of course, I'm again, John Dotson and one of the partners at Kentucky Elder Law and, uh, but you can email me or call me um, to, to talk about this benefit, but um, the wartime periods, uh, I do want to just go over those briefly for, for folks that, are, that may be listening. Um, World War II, so the, the veteran had to serve active duty 90 days, at least one day, at least one day of which was during a designated wartime period to qualify for this, uh, to meet the service requirement to get this uh, pension benefit. So World War II began December 7, 1941, a date most of us remember. For VA purposes, it ended December 31 of 1946. I still have a few World War II veterans. And in fact, one of the neatest things I had lunch not long ago, uh, long ago, no, enough that it was pre-COVID, however, uh, had lunch with a, a, a female who served in World War II. One of the f- most fascinating lunches I've had. She wore her World War II uniform. She wore it that day. Amazing. It is, it is a beautiful story, beautiful story. But aside from that, sorry about that, but uh, I just, she, she was fascinating. Um, Korea began June 27, 1950 and ended for VA purposes, January 31, 1955. The Vietnam era era has two components. If you did not go to Vietnam, it began August 5 of 64 through May 7 of 1975. So about 11 year period, wartime period. However, there were some service people who served in Vietnam prior to that declared beginning of the Vietnam War. So uh, if you went to the Republic of Vietnam and were served during between February 28 of 61 through that August of 64 date, you meet the wartime service requirement. Now, this is interesting. It doesn't really apply to our practice much at this point, but it will in the future. the gulf war began august 2 of 1990 and is still going on so we we are now at a 30 year straight wartime period so uh, uh, that uh, that's it's gonna be uh a a we've had a lot of service people and and a need for service people and and and, and that is a, a a difficult thing to send someone into a war zone but uh, Uh, It will help this generation of folks later uh, when they need some type of long-term care. Um, But uh, the the one downside to the VA uh, pension benefit is, uh, as like uh, it is with Medicaid, it is a needs-based program. Uh, So uh, a person must have less than, uh, $129,000 and it's a few more dollars there, uh, but basically $129,000 in their name. So uh, what we do with people, um, it's, it's actually it's very important, the timing of hiring us is very important because uh, one of the things people don't realize, they may have heard that the home is exempt from VA true statement okay but let's consider that they're they're going from home to a an assisted living community and they want to apply for VA pension benefits so say they have $100,000 in the bank all right and their house is going to be sold because they're moving and it's going to be sold and they're going to net $100,000 well they've got $100,000 in a house, they're eligible. But if they sell the house in their name, they will lose eligibility probably for a year or two years or perhaps longer because once a house is converted from a house to money, it counts. So we've had people come to us too late and, and be ineligible for or have the VA benefit and lose it because they sold their house in their name. So what we do with with VA pension planning is, we put the house in an irrevocable trust prior to its sale. The trust sells the home. The home when sold was not in the name of the pension applicant. Therefore, the proceeds from the sale of the home do not count against the pension applicant. So um, that, the, the timing of that is crucial. Uh, you, you can't get the proceeds, have the cash in the bank, and then put them in the trust because cash is countable, money is countable. So uh, we, we try to uh, help people in advance of selling the house. Uh, because that's uh, that's going to sometimes leave them ineligible. So uh, the, the the but it is a, a great opportunity to protect uh, resources and gain uh, eligibility for VA pension benefits for uh, the applicant and and for their family. Uh, because under that example, if they've got that hundred thousand dollars, they're in cash. They're going to be eligible for the VA. And the other uh, $100,000 from the sale of the house is gonna be sitting in a trust earning interest or, or, or uh, uh, stock appreciation, whatever it's uh, put in. And, and so that person is going to be able to afford long-term care for a long time uh, if we can get them uh, the VA pension benefit. So that's where we use that. Um, the, the other opportunity that we have for folks is what we call pre-planning, which is uh, if we have a, a husband and wife who might be 72 years old or 74 and 72, uh, health is pretty good, uh, but um, they're they're concerned about the cost of long-term care, and they had a aunt or uncle or mom or dad that, that had to go to a nursing home, and so they've they kind of have seen how it can destroy someone's uh, worth. Uh, and in that situation, what we might do is go ahead and we call it pre-planning, set up the trust, put the house in the trust. We may get three years, we may get five years, we may get a long time before either one of them need long-term care, and I may protect everything they have. So uh, And enable them to access governmental benefits. So. The pre plan, I, I talk a lot about the crisis because uh, folks, uh, as with a lot of things, they, they won't plan in advance as much as they should. But uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the pre planning gives us so much ability to, to help a family financially. Uh, because I should also say uh, that uh, about two years ago, the VA enacted a three-year look back, which means they can look through three years of financial statements and property statements to see if you've given your money or property away. There is an exemption for dating the house to the trust, so we we don't have that problem. But everything else, money-wise, they look at. And so you can't just give your kid, what we could do up through about two years ago, uh, somebody could uh, transfer two, $300,000 to a trust, to a child or whatever it may be in August and then apply in September. Well, the VA uh, rule that out in, in October of 2018? And so now we have a three-year look back. So if I get a family in to see me um, three years in advance of them needing this type of care, the assisted living, personal care, memory care, uh, we can save a lot more and have a better shot of have a have a good shot of saving everything. Um, so um, the uh, uh, that probably is a pretty good uh, uh, Hopefully, is a, a helpful explanation of how we use VA pension benefits uh, in in assisted living. I should say, and I know you all help with this quite a bit. Um, folks trying to stay at home and getting some care into the home. Uh, We use the VA pension benefit when people are at home. So uh, uh, we have a number of clients that have non-medical in-home care companies coming in to help take care of them. And if they're spending enough on the care, we can qualify them for uh, this VA pension benefit to do that. So, the, I don't want people to think it's only limited to when you, when you move, but uh, we use it more there than we do at home. But we have a lot of clients that are using that to, to try to get enough help in the home uh, to keep them at home for, for a month, two months, six months, two years. Uh, so uh, uh, the, 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 the key thing is, is that in our practice, this is what we do. I mean, we try to help people get the care they need where they want it, and in a manner that doesn't basically uh, put them in the poorhouse. So, um, the uh, uh, the other thing. Um, go ahead, Stacy. I know you wanted
1: to. Well, John, I just wanted to say I just want everybody to know that everything you have said, word for word, holds true. I am personally dealing with this right now as the daughter of an elderly mother and i just can't stress to people enough that the importance of this and the timing of this and getting the getting the things done because it it, it truly does happen exactly the way you're talking about
3: well thank you thank you yeah that that uh, you, you uh, people that may follow you on facebook that was a very sweet post that you posted about your mom um the, um, uh, the, the other thing, and I know Mary and I have talked about it, um, the, the other thing that we deal with is what happens when you have a person uh, who, whose care needs cannot really be met at home, um, uh, who also lack the mobility uh, uh, to go to an assisted living, a personal care uh, community. And so a lot of what we do is, uh, is dealing with, with Medicaid. Uh, and um, Medicaid, while a lot of people realize it's a federal system, uh, it's enacted differently in each state. So the rules in Tennessee are different than the rules in Kentucky, or different than the rules in Indiana. And uh, in, in some people that watch this May know, but the uh, I grew up in Glasgow, and so uh, my mom's mom, uh, wonderful lady, sweet sweet lady, uh, she got most of her legal advice at the beauty shop on Friday morning. Uh, so, uh, not really the best place <laughs> to get your legal advice. Good place to get yeah. your hair done, uh, but uh, true. The legal advice is not always the best. Because what it is, is I remember what it was back when my mom or my grandmother, and rules change. Uh, so uh, it, it doesn't, uh, and everybody's situation is different. I have this talk frequently, uh, given that this is what I do every day. Uh, everybody's situation is different. What Bill Jones may need isn't what uh, uh, Sue Simmons needs. So. Um, uh, the uh, uh and I, and this might be a good time and i, I know you had a, had a, a friend of mine talk about this but uh stacy and i had this very conversation uh and and perchance people are listening to this that that did not catch your other program uh, but the power of attorney document that document is so important and you want a good one you you don't you, you want one that has been done by a lawyer that knows what they're doing in the context of elder care. Um, because, uh, the downloaded from the internet are by and large horrible documents. They don't give you what you need. More often than not, people don't even get them executed properly. Uh, but, uh, having that power of attorney document, uh, that you know you'll be able to use and and it has been executed properly and has the right provisions. Uh, So that that, uh, I get on a soapbox sometimes about that because I've had so many people bitten because they had a power of attorney, they thought they had a power of attorney. Number one, maybe it wasn't even valid at all, or number two, it was a document that was kind of a half, way done document that didn't give them the authority that they needed to do the things they need. So, uh, uh, and I know Stacy could preach about that too. Um, so, um, Medicaid uh, is, is, is not an easy uh, thing to deal with, uh, but when you're in a skilled nursing facility, oftentimes Medicaid's the only way to pay for it, uh, because it may run six, seven, eight, nine thousand $9,000 a month uh, in a nursing home. So um, uh, Mary talked about something there just a second ago, uh, or kind of at the beginning. Uh, Medicare, Medicare is a short-term uh, insurance uh, that covers long-term care for the short run. So um, they cover the first 20 days in full if you meet the hospitalization requirement. Um, but it'll also cover days 21 up through a maximum of 100 if uh, the uh, rehabilitation services provided by the skilled nursing facility are helping the nursing home resident. What happens is is, is after uh, two, three, four weeks uh, usually, the nursing home will issue a notice that says rehab is ending in two, three, four days, and that's that's the notice you get. And 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 from that point forward, if the person has to stay in the nursing facility, they're either going to be private pay, or you're going to tell them that they need to be Medicaid pending now. Uh, you're only medicaid pending if you don't have any resources to pay for your care so that means you've got less than two thousand dollars in countable resources and i should say that sometimes people don't know exactly what's countable they, they may realize the checking account counts and the, the savings account and the cd they don't realize that cash render or or value of life insurance counts Inheritances count. If they inherited their mom's house, it's gonna count. Um, so, um, basically, Medicaid and one of the one of the big picture items I can talk to people about is Medicaid puts us in one of two groups. We're either single or we're married. If we're single, you get two thousand dollars in your name. Uh, that's countable, and that's basically it. Uh, if you're married, the analysis is completely different. And I can get someone qualified for Medicaid if they're married, usually very quickly uh, with Medicaid planning. So uh, the, um, uh, in that scenario, um, if you're married, the home is exempt for the spouse who's living at home. A car of any value is exempt for the spouse who's living at home because Medicaid wants the, what they call the community spouse, spouse who's living somewhere other than nursing home, to have shelter and transportation, house and car. So uh, oftentimes we're doing planning to protect the house and the car. Then what's countable, the community spouse gets to keep half of that up to a maximum, of about, it's about 128,600. So if a husband and wife have $250,000 in the bank, the community spouse is gonna keep 125, what Medicaid would have you do is spend the other 125, then come back and apply. But the rules do not require that. They won't tell you that, but they do not require that. So what I do with Medicaid planning is, is I'll put together a spousal plan to protect that $125,000 spend down. I would rather have it spent on the spouse who's at home than than write a check at $8,000 a clip to the nursing home. So um, it... it, um, I really, for those folks that that get the opportunity to listen to this, um, the rules are actually very beneficial to married couples, very beneficial. There's so much I can do to protect money and property for a married couple. If one spouse goes in the nursing home. So, the important thing is, is if that happens, people need to get to us to see us. Um, I think, Matter of fact, that uh, a financial advisor there in Bowling Green brought a brought a, uh, uh, a gentleman in, and actually he was he was younger. He was in his 60s, um, in to see me because his wife went into a nursing home, and uh, we're basically going to protect what they have. I'll get her on Medicaid. He will have plenty of income to uh, cover his cost of living, and and her care will be paid for by Medicaid. So. Um, the, uh, uh it, it just, I just, people just need to see me. Uh, of course, I mean, it's not just me. I mean, we have uh, six lawyers in my uh, firm, five of us. That's all, this is all we do. The, the, the sixth lawyer, most of what she does is handle estates, and uh, probate, but, uh, uh, this is all we do every day. Um, and, uh, matter of fact, the, uh, it won't matter a whole lot, but the, uh, uh, we have uh, two young women that are re- joining our firm. Will assuming they pass the bar, will make uh, seven and eight lawyers for us. Uh, and and one of them uh, grew up down in Franklin, so we're excited to have her uh, join us. Uh, she'll be uh, helping me quite a bit in Bowling Green once uh, she's admitted to the Kentucky bar. Uh, we're really excited about that. Um, but uh, the the, the uh, uh, the, the uh, uh, key thing is, is people just need to get in to see us to talk about Medicaid. One other big uh, big picture uh, point, and, and as I mentioned earlier, um, rules differ from state to state. If you are in a Kentucky nursing home, your qualified retirement accounts, your IRA, your Roth, your 401k, your 403b, Uh, are exempt from Medicaid. They don't count them against you and don't make you spend them down. Now, we've heard nightmare stories of caseworkers telling people, if they went to apply on their own, telling them they have to spend their money. Well, that's not true. If it's in a a retirement account, all it has to do is be in payout status. And and if if you're taking RMD, take that. But if you're under seventy two. You take the least amount of money they'll let you take every year and it's exempt. You protect it. So, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the other thing I might say about our firm, because this is what we focus on. We have three tremendous paralegals. All they do is make Medicaid applications. That's their job. And so they, they're good at it. They know the Medicaid caseworkers, Uh, and, and so, uh, uh, I just can't, uh, I would not go to the IRS by myself if I were audited. I'd want a CPA to go with me. I may think I'm intelligent, but I don't do that every day. So you don't really want to go to Medicaid on your own because you, most people deal with Medicaid one time in their lifetime, maybe twice if they have uh, 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 in-laws that they have to help. But if you do something once in your life, you're likely not going to be good at it. Um, this is what we do every day, um, but uh, uh, and I'm probably running uh, close to our, our, our time. But uh, uh, the, the 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 two main topics that we covered today, obviously, were VA pension benefits to help pay for a long-term care, whether at home or in a community. Uh, and and Medicaid benefits to help pay for skilled nursing care whether the person is single or or married. Um, And got on my soapbox for a minute to talk about please, please, please have a good thorough power of attorney document done by a lawyer who practices in elder law or at least um, knows, knows elder law because Elder law attorneys are different than estate planners in, in, in that state planners are mostly concerned with taxes and, and probate and things of that nature. Good, good lawyers that do that and not be critical of them, but our focuses are different. We're trying to make sure people can get the care they need while uh, not breaking the bank. Uh, I don't deal with people that have $25 million. Uh, that are gonna have taxable estates. If somebody comes to my firm and says that they have that type of uh, our amount of resources, assets, I'm gonna send them somewhere else because I, that's not what I do. I don't deal with taxable estates. Um, I deal with the people with 100,000, 200,000, 300,000, um, a million to 2 million. Uh, but uh, usually when they have over two or $3 million, um, their concern is not going to be so much about the cost of long-term care because uh, their financial advisor is going to be able to, with social security and or pension to generate enough income from those investments to cover whatever care they need but the, the people that we help day in day out are, are the people that have saved some money uh, may own a farm Farms are big with us. We we protect a lot of farms for people, um, and uh, uh, but but it's the it's the folks that have some money that that want to try to be able to pass it along to their kids, uh, which is a you know that's uh, uh, a, a good uh, a good plan to have.
2: John, thank you so much. Um... I totally agree. My mother was a hairdresser in Glasgow. And I hope she wasn't the one giving your mother the advice, but could have been. Uh, I, I loved her dearly, and she was a smart lady. And I heard a lot of conversations yeah. that she had yeah. with her. And uh, while she meant well, um, she probably gave some advice that wasn't the greatest. And, of course, things have become much more complicated over the last uh, 20 yeah. years. So I'm I will encourage people to get professional <laughs> help from John Dodson to address these issues. If you took nothing else away from this talk today, is the co- complexity of this. Uh, it is not something that uh, I would want to try to do by myself. Um, I, 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 to The very idea that you go on the Internet, you know, people think they're saving money when in fact they're likely going to cost themselves a whole lot of money. So, we, we really appreciate yes, yes. having sure. you as a resource for our clients. And um, we hope the people that listen to this uh, will uh, will heed your uh, uh,
1: advice well, and, and come to see you. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, Mary and Stacy, thanks for putting it
1: together. Thank you, John. I appreciate it so much. Yeah. yeah. glad Glad to be with you.
0: Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pathways Senior Care Advisors Coffee and Conversation Podcast. If you have additional questions about today's topic or would like to learn more on how Pathways Senior Care Advisors can help you or your loved one find high-quality senior care, visit us online at pathwayssca.com or call 270-901-1878.